From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining me. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Johnny O'Para, the founder of J.O. Companies, and Dan Bernards, a partner in Baker Tilly's real estate group, talk to FNC reporter Brian Johnson. Together, O'Para and Bernards are working on projects that create housing for working-class families while bringing more diversity to the local development community. All right. Well, pleased to be joined by Johnny O'Para of J.O. Companies and Dom Bernard's partner in Baker Tilly's real estate practice. You guys work together on some really cool projects and uh, want to talk talk to you about that today. Um, affordable housing is always a huge need out there for that, as we all know. And um, that's sort of right, right in your... Um, what you guys specialize in, it sounds like, excuse me. So Johnny, um, let's start with you. I, I, it's been a while since we chatted, but I know that you worked on projects that include the Heights in St. Paul, Langstead Commons in Brooklyn center, uh, workforce housing there, um, in, at both of those sites from what I recall. Um, but I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about you know, just to get started, um, just briefly how you got involved in developing affordable and workforce housing and, um, how you got started in, in your own, your own development company. So it's JL companies. And, um, so how long have you been in business now, Johnny? Well, first and foremost, thank you, Brian, um, for the opportunity. And it's always a pleasure to, um, to you and yeah, see that Dom, Dom Bernard's is here. So, um, great individual, great partner, uh, on a, a few of the projects you worked on and also thank you, Jacqueline. So, uh, you know, jail company, we actually started the company back in, uh, 2009, uh, went through some different, um, uh, segues as far as different business ventures. And then in 2017, made the transition into real estate, um, after getting my license, um, I kind of fell into the uh, development. Um, my father, um, at the time was living in affordable housing and there is some, um, his experience was unique. You know, my father had a, suffered a, a major, uh, medical event in the early nineties that impacted his life or family's life, uh, which resulted in him only having access to housing that reflected his economics and at the time would be in social security. So as a young kid kind of seeing that transition, um, you know, your father going from, you know, nothing me wrong to now this is your life. And then of course, as you get older, uh, you start to see that, you know, things that, you know, some folks take for granted housing, uh, he only had access to, uh, unlimited options due to his income. 
you start to pay more attention. So I think in 2018, after, you know, the complaints and just frustration, you know, in, in terms of his ability, inability to find somewhere that he could be proud of and, uh, you know, find management that had, you know, a level of empathy. Um, I took it upon myself to learn everything I could about affordable house. I took everything I could to figure out, you know, what is, you know, the role of an owner and operator, you know, what can uh, I do as a son uh, to help impact his life. Uh, so that way there is a level of quality and not only in terms of where he lives at, but just a quality of mind, you know, if, a sound mind, someone to say, hey, you know what, I'm proud of where I live at. And I got a chance to see that firsthand. Uh, Brian, you know, my father eventually moved. And, you know, at that time, I started to learn more about, you know, what is the low income housing tax credit? Uh, how do you build a capital stack? You know, um, what is the role of the developer in this space? And I've uh, got a chance to meet some very um, influential people, uh, folks that have been in this business for 30, 40 years throughout the Twin Cities. And, um, you know, uh, on this journey, I, I expressed to my father that, you know, I wanted to build him something. And um, I don't know what that was, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that I helped change his life. And uh, that conversation, in fact, changed my life and put me on this path that I'm in today. Unfortunately, my father passed away in 2018 in September. And uh, that was the motivation that allowed me to continue to stay on this path. Don knows how hard, you know, we worked together on the hollows. Uh, the many frustration um, days or uh, you're wondering, if, you know, is this thing going to happen? And, um, but it, it allowed me to really understand the impacts of, you know, folks that have an access to high quality housing and knowing that, you know, just from a conversation with my dad, uh, this conversation is being had, you know, throughout the Twin Cities, throughout the country in terms of, you know, folks that may have limited means that need access to high quality housing that's sustainable. Um, that's going to be around, you know, for a long time. So we're a St. Paul-based developer based in St. Paul. Um, you know, we're excited about, you know, being in this business. We're excited about impacting people's lives. And, you know, for us, it's really, you know, even though we're for-profit, we're mission-based. We really want to make sure that folks understand that housing plays not only a role um, in, in terms of how you live and where you live, but also uh, it plays a role in terms of your mental health. And your ability to, you know, be sound mind and knowing that, hey, I can be proud of where I live at. And uh, we just want to make sure that uh, we're at a completely different perspective when it comes to the development or redevelopment of affordable housing. And the hollows, that was about an $18.4 million project. And how many units and when it, was it completed? Yeah, so the hollows were, was our inaugural project where we partnered with Baker Chili. Uh, U.S. Bank is a tax credit investor, uh, Redstone is a lender. And uh, in fact, we have probably thir 13 or 15 sources just on that project. It's a 4% uh, uh, deal. But uh, we have 62 units, uh, studios, alcoves, one bedrooms and two bedrooms located at 520 Payne Avenue. Uh, we recently just got stabilized as November 1st of this year. Uh, we actually finished construction ahead of schedule and under budget. So we're really proud of that project, workforce housing, um, near the, um, it's in the greater east side, but near the gateway, uh, to downtown St. Paul. And it's just a fabulous project. Lots of, um, you know, uh, memories just working through that project in terms of redevelopment, of course, working with Don and his team, but, uh, it's, 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 it's a project that's going really, really well, really proud of it. And, and Don, I wonder if you'd care to step in now and just talk a little bit about your role in making the, the, the hollows, uh, reality. 
Sure. Yeah. No, it's, uh, as you, Brian, I'm sure you, you and your listeners are, are aware of these types of projects. They're way more complicated than they should be. It's not just going to a greenfield, you know, getting a couple of zoning approvals and building a new, as Johnny said, when here in the, in the lower teens of number of sources of financing they put together and, and how you navigate that and the timing and working with so many stakeholders with so many requirements and regulations. And so really, as Johnny said, this is his first deal and, and, it's a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, it's some of these projects, you don't know what you don't know. There's so many rules between the city, the state, the local housing tax credit regulations, requirements of lenders. And again, you have that many sources of funds. How do you put it all together? So we really worked with Johnny to kind of really kind of look at the capital stack. How does it flow together? How does it work together? What applications are due to win? Um, back to his points on U.S. Bank and Redstone, the equity investor and lender, how they work together. The priorities of cash flow, you know, the guarantees. We can get this in a little bit, Brian, but the tough thing, you know, there's a large barrier to entry. You know, Johnny, this was Johnny's first large scale redevelopment. We probably, uh, Johnny, I'm not sure how many people we talked to, but the answer a lot of times was no. You want us to put in, you know, millions of dollars of equity into this project. It's your first development. We'd like to, but we just can't. Our underwriting standards don't let that. So, really working with Johnny to kind of tell, you know, Johnny knew what he was doing, right? He worked, he had this site, he had, so many commitments from the city of St. Paul, the state, and so forth, that, and a great development team, contractor, architect, property manager. And so part of that is how do we find parties that, hey, there's there's risk, every real estate deal has risk, but but it's mitigated by X, Y, and Z. So really working with Johnny and his team to, to find and to find U.S. Bank. And this is one of, again, Pat, U.S. Bank on the shoulders since we're talking about was this is one of their first projects working with uh, emerging unrepresented developers uh, with really no outside, you know, guarantors, so to speak. Mm. Is that is it becoming even more challenging now? I mean, we're talking about this was a few years ago when you started to move this project forward, right? What about now with the current uh, environment in the capital markets? Is it even more challenging to put these together? Oh, sure. I'll jump in first. And Johnny definitely can too. Yeah. But Brian, as you're aware, you know, the 10 year treasury hit 5% for the first time in over a decade. Uh, interesting is tax credit pricing, tax credits, are, of course, a big part in, in the deals Johnny's working here in the affordable housing world, where people, people look at the 10 year treasury as essentially a risk free yield. If I can get 5% or close to 5% risk free, well, then what's that mean for the tax, the equity of putting in these tax credit projects? And so my yield requirements are going to go up for my tax credit investments, which means my pricing is going down, which means Johnny's getting lower for new projects, lower money per price of credit, creating gaps. Interest rates are higher. That means less debt. So yes, the gaps, and you know, we all saw uh, construction costs increasing. Insurance is a huge item. We've seen insurance costs increase 33, 50% year over year. You check all that. It, these are not easy to put together. I know Johnny's you know, kind of saying yes to, to any, any thoughts on that, Johnny. Exactly. Uh, you know, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, U.S. Bank, you know, as the tax credit investor for both uh, Wings and Comments, we'll, we'll talk more about, but also the hollows. You know, these are all conversations that many developers are having across the nation in terms of how to, you know, get these deals across the finish line. I can tell you that, you know, everything from insurance uh, to just operating that building, you know, you look at labor, the cost of construction, a number of different uh, things that, you know, are, you know, getting these projects, the pencil are, you know, you know, conversations that we're having on a daily basis, you know, in underwriting, um, you know, I give credit to us bank again, by leading by example, uh, Winks and Commons was the first project 
uh, that we just closed this past October to close in their impact capital fund. Uh, so we're excited about being, you know, the inaugural project within that fund to close, uh, which is geared towards BIPOC emerging underrepresented developers. So, you know, in this space, it is extremely difficult. I mean, Di mentioned, you know, the barriers to entry, you know, end of the day, it's really going to be predicated based on your ability to reduce uh, their risk, right? You know, in terms of your experience surrounding, uh, have you ever done, uh, you know, a multifamily deal before? Do you have any experience in that area? Have you ever, you know, took on, you know, a $20 million deal? Have you ever led a team, you know, during construction, which is the riskiest time? So these are all the questions that I had to answer. And that's why I surrounded myself with cosmic practitioners, cosmic professionals, practitioners within the space that have been doing this for 30, 40 years. We have worked with U.S. Bank, we have worked with Redison, we have worked with so many of the different uh, players that we see on a day in and day out basis when it comes to um, the local and tax credit industry. But I am optimistic. You know, I just read a report that uh, either Jerome Powell uh, or his uh, peers stated that interest rates are actually going to be coming down into 2025, which is going to, of course, be a good thing in terms of one, folks that are looking to purchase a home, folks that are looking to close on these types of deals. But also what that's also going to do is that the deals that were sitting on the sidelines are not going to, you know, get picked back up. That means that constructing pricing could potentially go back up, you know, in terms of demand. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we are, you know, looking at that we have to kind of just prepare for both at a macro and micro standpoint when it comes to this vertical. And you mentioned Langstead Commons. What can you tell us about that project? A lot of the same dynamics at play there with the both challenges and opportunities. Yeah, Langstead Commons is interesting. I also did work with at the inaugural stage with Baker Chili. So I do want to, again, I really want to just thank Don publicly. Uh, Don, uh, Diana Dice, uh, who was at Baker Chili, uh, and their entire team um, played a major role in our ability to want close on the hobbles, but also give me. Um, a lot of nuggets, a lot of confidence to be able to, um, you know, will myself into this business. This business is extremely complicated and extremely hard, especially for someone that's coming into this new. So I do want to just sing Dodd's praises and Baker Chili's as well. Uh, but Wangsa Commons is our second project that just closed in October. It's a almost $25 million project delivering 54 homes uh, to that community at 61st and Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, same players in terms of our development team, uh, door construction, we're working with Pope Architects. Uh, the city of Brooklyn Center has been a fantastic partner throughout these years. We started this project in 2019. So typically you're going to see on average, you know, these affordable housing deals taking anywhere between two to four years. Uh, so we've got a 13 month construction schedule. So I think in terms of the unit makeup, you know, I mentioned alcove studios, one bedrooms and two bedrooms for the hollows, whereas this is a little different. We're having one, twos, threes, and four bedrooms. Um, and we actually had, we had, we had to work with Minnesota housing too. So I would, I would tell you that the portfolio in Brooklyn Park and Brooklyn Center are very similar. Um, the majority of the portfolio within these areas, within cities are probably made up of one and two bedrooms, hardly even any threes and four. So there's a huge wait list. So for us to deliver, uh, three and four bedroom units to multi-generational families, uh, this is an area that's a melting pot. You're going to see a lot of languages being spoken, uh, immigrants, uh, you're going to see basically the world in Brooklyn Center in terms of what it represents. And folks need access, not only to high quality housing that's sustainable, it's gonna be around for a long time, but they also need access to larger uh, housing options, right? And if you know the barriers entry in terms of purchasing a home right now with the high interest rates, the next best option right now for those families uh, is folks 
or, or a place for, you know, folks to live at. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if you could talk, maybe both of you can comment on this, just, um, how, how you're both working as a team to try to diversify the twin cities development industry and bring more affordable housing to low-income communities. We've touched on that a little bit, but, um, I'm just wondering if you could expand on that and just how um, you're serving those BIPOC communities and also creating opportunities for, for more BIPOC developers to break into the business. Perfect. Yeah, uh, Brian, I can, I can start with that. And uh, uh, just a couple quick things. First of all, just really even more at a national level. Um, one of my colleagues, Matt Pichal, um, is kind of helping us lead what we call our develop. Uh, helping to create and and level out the and bring equity to commercial real estate development, we um we see we kind of touched on here. It's really uh, lack of access to education about uh, these complex processes, as Johnny said. Uh, lack of kind of we call it social capital, but all the relationships. Again, Johnny mentioned architect, lender, contractor, state agency. You know, on and on. And then lack of access to capital. If you're doing your first or second deal, how are you can get a U.S. bank, a, a Wells Fargo, anybody to take a look at you. So we actually put together um, a number of items, really kind of a platform around, we call underrepresented developers, uh, people at the table for the first time in commercial real estate development. We've actually hosted uh, a couple of annual uh, conferences. Our next one's coming up in Chicago in April. Um, we can get all that information out as well. We also have uh, Shark Tank-like events. We call them Think Tank, where literally it's bring your projects to us. We'll kind of vet them, give you ideas, construction, finance, uh, and, and whatnot. And so that's kind of really uh, more. And actually from that, we have uh, some success projects, a 200 unit project in Louisville, Kentucky, for example, kind of came out of this think tank uh, type event. So more more to come on that. And then locally there in the Twin Cities, we actually were part of a team hired by Ramsey County. Ramsey County put together uh, a program for what they're calling emerging and diverse developers. And it was kind of a three or four month process where us, along with uh, NATO partners and Urban Land Institute of Minnesota, uh, did kind of... Um, a capacity building education to get people thinking about their projects that may be a three unit to a 24 unit type of uh, residential rental project. And that led them up to an application to funding from, they can get up to from a hundred to $500,000 from Ramsey County at a 0% loan. So if that goes well, we, we expect Ramsey County, hopefully not to put words in their mouth, but hopefully they will you know continue that in the future. So kind of both locally and then kind of globally as well. Yeah, and I would say just just to add to that, you know, um, jail colleagues was selected uh, at, for the inaugural class for the uh, the list uh, development colors of cohort. Um, I was uh, a part of that inaugural class uh, of developers uh, that were represented uh, throughout the Twin Cities that were working on projects, uh, both large, uh, medium, and small. Um, I do serve on a couple of boards, and if there's any way I can, uh, you know, provide. A perspective from my experiences to continue to, um, you know, let folks understand the importance of diversity representation. We only represent, uh, you know, less than, you know, three percent, if not two, in CRE. So we need, you know, more diversity of thought, more diversity of experiences, you know, within the space in terms of uh, being an owner and operator. And I think if there's an opportunity for me to just speak truth in terms of some of the things that you don't hear about, which is, you know, uh, that I had to learn the hard way, which is balance sheet requirements, right? Understanding that conversation in terms of as you're working through on this project and excited and all of a sudden they ask you, hey, uh, so what does your uh, financials look like? If those financials don't 
check these boxes, that could be the end of that conversation or the start of another conversation surrounding, you know, we may have to have a guarantor. So a lot of these things that a lot of folks within the space that look like me uh, may not have access to this information. And the sooner that you're able to get access to this information, to Donald's point, you save time. I think every developer listening to this or anyone li- listening to uh, this podcast in business, time kills deals, period, in the story. And if there's a way you can shave off some time by working with practitioners that have experience who've seen both the successes and failures that can help you along the way as you, tr- as you charge towards uncharted territory, uh, and this is your first or second deal, uh, it's going to save a lot of time and brain damage just from my own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're working on a big project now at the Heights, right? With uh, Sherman Companies. Johnny, what can you tell us about that? And uh, what what is your role in that development? Yeah, we're excited. It's a legendary project called the Heights. Uh, it's a 112-acre site. It was Old Hill Press Ball Course on the Greater East Side, not too far from the 3M headquarters. And uh, the Port Authority, uh, we're working with the Port Authority City of St. Paul to redevelop uh, that uh, land. Uh, which 20 acres, 25 acres will be dedicated to the delivery of a thousand homes or 1,049 homes and create a thousand jobs. Uh, Sherman Associates, as you know, is the massive developer. We're also teaming up with Habitat for Humanity. They'll be delivering 150 homes uh, that will uh, provide ownership opportunities, wealth creation opportunities for families and individuals in the area. And our role, GL Companies, as a co developer, will be delivering uh, anywhere between 199 units if not more. Our first project, which is uh, family affordable, uh, TVC total development cost is around anywhere between 75 to 80 million, uh, will be delivered, hopefully, fingers crossed, pending, we can you know, get these gaps filled uh, between Q4 of 2024, if not Q1 uh, or Q2 of 2025. Sherman will be responsible for delivering um, upwards of, you know, call it six to 700 units uh, Ranging in different product asset classes from senior to the missing middle, workforce housing, mixed income, et cetera. But uh, it's a very exciting project. Uh, it's um, going to be uh, developed over the course of six to eight years. Uh, Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood were now taking over uh, the ranks as far as, you know, kind of on a national spotlight, uh, whereas uh, former President Jimmy Carter and his wife that just passed, Rosalind Carter, we were able to go out with volunteers and build homes. We'll be here in St. Paul next year to build homes. So Garth Brooks and Trisha Ewan. So that's a big spotlight from a national standpoint in terms of, you know, bringing that to St. Paul for the delivery of almost 1,100 homes for families on the east side of St. Paul. And then working with the city of St. Paul, again, you know, because we work with them on the hollows, uh, this is very exciting for us. You know, we're looking forward to working with Council Member Yang and her peers uh, on this, uh, you know, basically building out a project when you think about it in terms of the uh, industrial component as well, in terms of the folks that, uh, you know, have signed on to also be a part of that project. But we're really excited about the Heights. It's uh, very rare that you find in the urban core 112 acres uh, to be redeveloped and, and, and deliver in a range of different asset classes uh, for families and individuals within that community. That's very exciting. And tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in that with, with Sherman and with the city. Is that, um, did you and Sherman present, um, uh, like, uh, an RFP, uh, respond to an RFP or how did that work? Yeah. So, uh, you know, shout out to Sherman Associates, you know, the master developer as well as the Port Authority, City of St. Paul. You know, at the end of the day, you know, 
there was a process that was involved in terms of making sure that, you know, the developer had the credentials, uh, had the experience, the wherewithal, had the knowledge to be able to be a part of a legendary product of this, sto- of this sort. Um, but I think, you know, uh, Sherman Associates, the court, along with the city of St. Paul, wanted to make sure that there is represent- representation uh, from a diversity standpoint, making sure that folks that were unrepresented also had access uh, to being a part of this, you know, incredible opportunity. And I think that, um, you know, based on our successes, our experiences, um, you know, after we went through that process, you know, with both Sherman, um, you know, and, you know, just having some conversations uh, that it, it made sense that this partnership, you know, along with Habitat for Humanity made the most sense. And uh, we're just excited to be a part of this project uh, and the delivery of 1,049 homes to families and individuals um, in that community. Well, yeah, very exciting. Good luck with that project, Johnny. And um, I was wondering if you both were, were sort of running a little bit, uh, close to running out of time here, but I was wondering if either one of you wanted to just give some parting thoughts on um, any other projects you've been working on or anything that you'd care to um, add that maybe we haven't talked about already. Well, I mean, I would say that uh, we're busy, obviously, of course, we're currently under construction, you know, with Wangsta Commons, you know, we got a 13 month construction schedule. So hopefully we can deliver that uh, by Q4, end of Q4 of next year. Uh, we are continuing to work with, you know, um, you know, different cities, you know, within uh, the state of Minnesota on you know, other projects that, uh, you know, we are or have been having conversations on for the last few years. You know, right now we have anywhere between 200 to 250 million within our pipeline, which is a uh, pretty exciting. Uh, and we're also looking at other states as well. But um, I would say that, you know, for any folks that are listening, that are interested in development, uh, if it was easy, then everybody would do it. Uh, this didn't happen yesterday. Don knows this. I took a lot of beatings along the way. And, uh, but I learned a lot and you need to be consistent. You need to be persistent. You can't take no for an answer. You got to be determined. You have to have a vision. And along that way, there will be uh, peaks and valleys. You have to adapt to those peaks and valleys in order for you to be able to understand that in this field, in this business we call real estate development, that it's not going to be easy. But at the end of the day, I think what gives me um, an opportunity for me to smile is when I get a chance to see families, you know, pick up their kids at 3 p.m. at the, you know, uh, from the school bus. It lets me know that all the, you know, weekend calls or evening calls with Don or, you know, different partners, you know, that we work, you know, during underwriting for the hollows and winks at commons was well worth it. So it's an exciting business. Uh, we're very, very, very excited to be in this, um, in this vertical and uh, we're looking forward to the future. Yeah. And just real quick, just real quickly, Brian, um, thank you. Thank you again for having us today. And it's, it's, it's great. And some closing thoughts, it's great. Like the people of Ramsey County, Minnesota housing is people that are intentional about working with, with underrepresented developers, uh, uh, bringing to the table. There's so much out there. I think the neat thing about this industry is people are willing to share, right? People have been in this industry a long time. Um, there's competition, but there, there's so much to share, so much goodwill to be done, as Johnny noted. Just some, there's just some really fun things too, legislatively. It's all other, you know, Section Inflation Reduction Act. There's so much about energy, renewable energy, and solar, and and geothermal, and and energy uh, efficiency. So a lot out there, a lot more coming legislatively. We're gonna look for a lot of office, the residential conversions in 2024. There's gonna be more money coming at the federal level. So a lot of legislative things that follow here in the next 12 months. 
Great. Well, that was great information from both of you. Thank you both for joining me. And I look forward to hearing more about other projects in the future and current projects that you're working on. So please stay in touch and um, thank you again for uh, checking in. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks. Have a good day.